0: to a world on fire season two and we're back after a little bit of a hiatus here and we're continuing continuing our coverage on the freedom fighters so ross how have you been
1: i've been good been good busy busy busy
0: nice holiday season for you
1: yeah we had a good we had a good christmas um uh, my mother-in-law didn't want to drive up because of weather and our my brother-in-law didn't come down so it was basically just me and my wife and the dogs it was a good one
0: Mm, nice Uh, and quiet
1: yeah. Yeah. Nice and quiet. Uh, and, uh, you know, I didn't get paged. <laughs> so it was good. I was on call. I didn't get paged. So that, that's always good. And next Christmas, I've told my supervisor is I gave her the holiday off. And I said, you know, I've said I'm taking the week between Christmas and New Year's off next year. So just get ready. You're going to be on call for like 10 days.
0: <laughs> yep, that's the way to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. So, yeah, all right, yeah, cuz it's been a while since we recorded together about uh uh you know, uh the freedom fighters here. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to jump right back in with three more issues here. We're going to cover 10, 11, and 12 today and uh I was just saying to you before we started recording, I I totally was uh taken uh, off guard here when I opened up 10 because Nine ended on a cliffhanger that I forgot about because it's been so long since we recorded about these guys. So I had to go back into my notes and try to piece things together. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's slowly coming back to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a lot going on here, right?
1: Yeah, it is. I, I had forgotten. And I think I, we were just in, we were talking before we recorded. I think I read issue 10 when I was a kid. But I have ne- I don't think I ever owned the rest of the run. And I bought this early pandemic as a set. Mm -hmm. You know, as a complete run from um, a comic, uh, my comic shop, I think, or something like that off of eBay.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, my comic shop. I bought the entire run. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I've Mm -hmm. never read these. So, yeah. So I was just, I forgot Catman was in it. And I know Catman more from Gail Simone's uh, Secret Six.
0: Yeah, Catman to me is a bit of an anomaly. I do think he popped up didn't he pop up during the early 80s when Gene Colan was drawing Batman a little yes, bit Yes, he did.
1: Yes, yeah. he did.
0: And he and right I on, think Gene
1: was the first person who didn't treat him as a joke.
0: Yeah, he was who like wrote a serious that? Was Mac,
1: Who wrote that when Gene was drawing it? Was it Max Allen Collins? No. Or Alan
0: th- It might have been Conway, possibly. Oh, that, was
1: Conway still writing? Yeah, he wrote until the 90s. Didn't he? he wrote until the
0: 80s. Yeah, it it definitely was, you know, one of the the Bronze Age guys, for sure. It was okay. definitely one of them. Yeah, so yeah. Conway, okay. Engelhart, somebody like that.
1: Yeah, and I would recommend to anybody Gail Simone's uh, Secret Six.
0: Oh, yeah, that just came out a few, like what, about 10 years ago or less? Yeah,
1: about that, maybe a little longer. It ran yeah, yeah. a couple different series. It was part of the Villains United
0: uh, oh, banner there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the the main
1: Villains United six-issue series, and I covered it with uh, Kirby on Stop, Let's Team Up. Um, basically, they come, that team forms around that modern iteration because there was a Secret Six in the 60s. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, around their six villains who told Lexer to go, you know, F off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then the the main villains tried to kill them and they, you know, and it was, it's a, it was, if you've read, if you liked Ostrander's Suicide Squad, Gail Simone's Secret Six is on par with that. Mm, okay. And Interesting. I, and I like, and I, Ostrander's is, uh, Suicide Squad is one of my favorite runs of all time. I don't know why I haven't done an episode on Stop About It because I have all the trades, everything, because it's, I think it's one of the best comics I've ever read.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like this crazy Catman guy. And like yeah. you said, he was definitely treated as a, a serious villain in the those Batman issues. You know, like, you know, he was a, a real threat. So, yeah, that was cool. So, yeah, this mm-hmm. is uh, uh, yeah, like we said, we're going to start out with uh, Freedom Fighters number 10 here. And this is cover dated September, October 1977. And uh, it's a cover by Rich Buckler and Jack Abel with Tatiana Wood colors and Joe Letterese letters. So what about this cover to this one here? What do you think?
1: i think it's pretty good i like rick buckler i wish he had a different inker. that would be my only thing i think it's a little flat in some of it but i like it it's okay it's i miss these kind of covers that Mm. you know cover that actually has something to do with what's on the inside (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) some because some modern covers don't um you know i don't i don't think i love a lot of modern covers i think you know, but I, this one was okay. Catman at least looks threatening. And I like, I like the newspaper in the background with the colored doll man.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a really cool cover. It's almost like if you look at it with the color contrasts, it looks like the letter K where, uh, the cutout from the inside, you know, of the letter K, uh, is Catman and he's in complete darkness because Phantom Lady's using her, uh, uh, dark uh, light powers there too. put him in the dark. And he says, your blackout ray won't protect you, Phantom Lady. Catman can see in the dark. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, but I love the oh. newspaper. Yeah, the newspaper at the bottom, the Daily Planet. And it says extra. And it shows Dollman in a birdcage. <laughs> and then it says the origin of Dollman. Great cover.
1: Yeah, I like that they're starting to do the origins. It's almost as if Roy was writing this series at this point because he loved to slide an origin in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, so. absolutely. So, all right. Well, uh, yeah. So, uh, interiors here. We have a uh, script, uh, Bob Rosakis, Pencils Dick Ayers, Inks Jack Abel, and Letters by Ben Oda. So, I'll just rattle off a quick synopsis here from DC Fandom, and we'll jump right in, okay? Okay. doke. So, synopsis for Murder in Miniature, and this is from DC Fandom. It says, The Ray confronts the Silver Ghost, who leaves him for dead after state troopers fire on them both from a helicopter but a mystery man has seen the ray fall. Meanwhile, dollman who was being held for the murder of D a Pearson in the previous issue recounts his origin to Martha Roberts and tells her how her counterpart died at the hands of the Nazis on earth X uncle, Sam phantom lady and the human mom battle cat man. So, all right. Yeah, that's, that's about where we're going to start out here. So like I said, I had forgotten that issue nine ended on a cliffhanger with, all man uh, what looked like he apparently shot that da pearson guy right yeah mm-hmm. well he walked
1: into, okay he walks into the room right after it happens and then the police walk in right after that
0: yeah he basically has a smoking gun in his hand because there was a, a smoking gun laying on the floor and the guy was dead and they thought well there's a guy holding a smoking gun and another guy dead so he must have did it right <laughs> yeah yeah so this first splash page here. What do you think of this? I love how there's like a roll call at the top. I says do Freedom Fighters. Yeah. yeah, I
1: do love the roll call at the top. I, I think that's a great way to introduce the characters to everybody. Um, and just it's I like it. It's it's a uh, growing up in the 60s and 70s and you would have those JLA you know. Type splash pages that had their faces along the side or the roll mm-hmm. up the roll call scroll. This is, I, think I like this one a bit little bit better.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. And Then below it has, you know, somebody picked up the newspaper from the front cover, I guess, and uh, they're reading it. And it shows basically what uh, uh, Dick Ayers and Jack Abel did here was they, they have the newspaper. And the newspaper shows all the points that are going to be hit on during this comic. So on the left-hand side, it says, fugitive apprehended in Pearson's office. And it shows Pearson, who has, you know, been murdered. And then in the middle, it shows doll man and there's a cop there and he's in like a, like I said, like a little birdcage. And then to the right, it says Minnesota based firm calls city notes do. And we'll get into that as well. And then shows a, <laughs> a picture of cat man. So, yeah, really cool cover. And then I love that splash page. It's really cool for, you know, a bunch of reasons. But uh, I guess now we turn the page and Uncle Sam with his uh, beat up hat is the one who's reading this newspaper. And, you know, him and Phantom Lady, Human Bomb and Black Condor are all kind of trying to figure out what the right thing is to do here, because Dollman, you know, obviously he's in some trouble uh, being arrested for this murder. The Ray is missing, so they don't really know what way to go in. So I guess they decide that Black Condor is going to go try to find out where the Ray is, and uh, the the other three, Phantom Lady, uh, Uncle Sam, and Human Bomb, they are going to go and see what's going on here uh, with uh, this money, that uh, it says on the cover, you know, Minnesota-based firm calls city notes due. So, uh, they're going to go to Minnesota, I guess, or trying to figure out what's going on. There's a billion-dollar loan that New York has to pay back or, you know, uh, the silver ghost is somehow going to some kind of, gonna get Manhattan under his control because that was his <laughs> whole point in the previous issues. He was he was trying to get control of Manhattan because his family a couple of hundred years ago owned it or whatever, right?
1: Yeah. The, the, the ever- the Silver Ghost, such an obscure villain. His,
0: <laughs> <whoop>. <laughs> sorry about that. The dog likes the freedom fighters. <laughs> no, the dog.
1: I think the dog didn't like someone getting too close to him. Um, <laughs> but you uh, know that that the Silver Ghost is a main villain for ten issues in any comic. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, yeah and it's we, wild, we're, we're, and we're about to see some more of him.
0: And I like how, uh, in some of these caption boxes at the bottom that say about like make reference to what's going on and what has been going on the first one here, uh, when they're talking about the silver ghost, trying to regain control of Manhattan Island, there's a little, uh, editor's note at the bottom and it says he's already tried to blast the city apart, freeze it and black it out. And it says backtracking Bob. (laughs) So I guess that's, uh, our buddy Bob Rosakis here trying to, uh, you know, keep the readers up to speed and, uh. You know, keep them uh, it, it, knowing what's going on because we're on issue 10 already. So a lot's happened in 10 issues. Oh, yeah, already. yeah. <laughs> but Black Condor takes off and he's going to try to find the Ray. And speaking of the Ray, a uh, big uh, two thirds splash uh, here. And we see the Ray fighting the Americomando, AKA the Silver Ghost. So we're back to that, right? Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: I like that panel, though, where he's flying silver ghost is flying straight at him
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's nice that's a really good panel there
1: yeah it really reminded me more of um a buckler in a bit the Ray, mm. the way the rays pose that's a very rick buckler kind of image
0: yeah so these two kind of just have a, a war of words and also a, a physical war here too and start beating a snot out of each other but the uh the state troopers are watching and They have a helicopter and they basically tell the two of them to knock it off or they're going to start shooting at them and they don't listen and they get shot at. And (laughs) the ray inadvertently uh, hits the uh, state trooper helicopter. So they start shooting and they actually shoot the ray and he gets hit right in the back and he goes falling to the ground and Silver Ghost says, goodbye, fool. I leave you to your death. And then we see a little panel here where it says someone else is already, you know, watching, and you see a hand moving away the like bushes there, and they see the ray laying on the ground. And it says somebody will meet next issue. And he goes, "Now it's time to return to the present in New York City." And we jump right in on page six to uh, another two-thirds splash here, which is a real good one of uh, Doll Man in his birdcage. Yeah, pretty neat. It's a
1: it's a great panel. I I'm I'm liking the way they're laying out the panels in this these half page chapter header you know chapter starts at the bottom of the page mm-hmm. so it just just to move the story along and to break up because there rosakis is really kind of i think in a good way using his cast of characters by splitting them up mm-hmm. uh is is a good idea and it's it's a solid storytelling trait thing to kind of give us more you get more bang for
0: your buck i think yeah, and it's really neat because he's inside this crazy bird cage, and Martha's there, and she's kind of saying like, "I'm sorry this happened. You know, I shouldn't have talked you into going to Pearson's office." And he says, "It was my decision, Martha." And he says, "Like becoming Doll Man in the first place." And then we do a flashback to uh, uh, Feature Comics twenty-seven uh, from nineteen thirty-nine, which is where Dollman Man appeared for the first time, and uh, him That's and a uh, a lot earlier than I thought. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I thought... Well, I mean, I don't know that much
1: about the quality heroes. Because he's not a D. These
0: are not DC characters. These were not DC characters. At the time when they were created. Yeah, no, they didn't become DC characters till what? Like the 60s or something like that? Till DC bought it? And then they let them sit in the shelf for a while before they even used it.
1: Yeah, except for... They did continue on with their war stuff. Like Black Hawk continued. But Oh, yeah. The DC DC banner. I just bought the Tomorrow's... um, uh, quality comics compendium.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about you and I recording, but the last time you and I recorded about something, there was Batman and Superman naked in it, and, well, here's Dawman buck naked. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that struck me as I'm like, hey, didn't the last time Ross and I recorded there was naked superheroes? Well, okay. here we go again. He, he shrinks right out of his clothes. <laughs> well, yeah, so he shrinks down. The scientist is like, oh, no, the process is irreversible, you know, we that's that's basically how he got going there. And uh, Martha's like, oh, you know, this is all fantastic and everything. But she's like, hey, at some point you mentioned the Martha from your Earth and, you know, that she is, you know, she's died. You know what happened? So then he goes into that backstory as well. and It's not anything overly complicated. It was, you know, the freedom fighters were on Earth X and they were fighting against the Nazis and Martha and her uh, scientist father. Or helping, you know, the resistance, the freedom fighters and the Nazis found out about it. And wow, this is kind of wild. So the Nazis bust into their home or hideout, whatever you want to call it, and they hit her father over the head with a gun and they basically say they're going to interrogate them. And we see a panel then where this is page eight now where it shows her and her father in shadow. But I just assume they were like, you know, knocked out from the blow to the head with the gun or this or that. But I'm pretty sure at this point they're dead. These Nazis have killed them.
1: Yeah, that's what I got, too, because the shadow panel, you just think they're unconscious. And then I really and she's wearing a star, David. She's wearing a star around her neck. So I'm assuming yeah. they're, Jewish. They're, they're Jewish.
0: Yeah. And Man, of course, uh, you know, comes back uh, from this crazy mission that they were on. And you filthy scub, And he attacks these uh, uh, Nazi operatives and starts kicking the crap out of these guys you know, to the point where he's going to kill them, which, well, you know, I guess that's debatable on whether or not that would be okay. Right. They're I mean, did well, uh, mm, you know, they're Nazis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. it, it, they're Nazis, and It was the war, man. So I, uh, I don't know. Probably would have been okay. But he says, uh, Roy and Tom dragged him out of there. Uh, but he said I never should have left Martha like that if I'd only been there. So you can see he's still, you know, guilt stricken about it. And then his, uh, public uh, defender uh, comes in for his trial and it kind of looks like jimmy olsen there good i'm glad you said that (laughs) (laughs) because i was like jimmy olsen's my lawyer i'm like yo dude are you trying to get me the chair yeah just just give up at that point if jimmy's your (laughs) jimmy's (laughs) he might show up to the you know to the trial as a werewolf here (laughs) (laughs) or a a porcupine (laughs) yeah so all right, well then, again, uh, uh, this kind of same setup here, where then there's another two-page pla- two flash, and it says Uncle Sam, the Human Bomb, and Phantom Lady, and we switch to what they're up to, and they're at like you know, like a almost looks like a mall. I think it's mall, mall of It's Mall of America. I think so too, because they were going to uh, Minnesota or Minneapolis. I think was Mall of that is,
1: America right? called something else, the IDS Center, before? Yeah, see, I'm not. It sure. was a I big deal, and it was a big deal when it opened up, which was in the '70s.
0: Yeah, because that's what he calls it. it. Well, Phantom Lady says, "Oh my, isn't this IDS Center overwhelming?" <laughs> and uh, Sam says, "Yeah, real nifty." Or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Human Bomb says, "Yeah, real nifty." And then Sam, just another example of Yankee progress and ingenuity. <laughs> and they're in there like, uh, I wouldn't say uh, disguises, but they're in just street clothes now because they're trying to pass off as just you know regular schmooze, so mm-hmm. they don't get you know arrested because there is like an arrest warrant and APB out for them because of, you know, I, I don't think they really did anything wrong per se, but that Pearson had it in for them. So he was manipulating the cops to kind of say, Hey, they're, they're, they're a menace. Basically. It's like the Peter Parker, Jay Jonah Jameson, they're a menace. We need to stop them. Right. Yeah. And then they just are walking around and they look into Tollins, and I'm thinking that's Anthony Tolan, the uh, colorist. It says Tolans pet palace. Uh huh. <laughs> and they look in the window, and there's Catman, and uh, we see uh, them say, "Hey, let's quick duck into this little you know alleyway here, and uh, get our uh, superhero uh, clothes on." And <laughs> they go in and fight Catman and his goons here. And this is an insane scene here. So Catman says, "Siamese twin kittens, a fitting beginning for my new cat collection." <laughs> so that's what he's doing, robbing a pet store of his cats for his cat collection, which is completely absurd, but the fight is pretty absurd too, right? <laughs> oh, and these cat, these, uh, uh, the,
1: the goons in their fuchsia purple costumes, very.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And, and he's it's like, like the road company of cats. hmm Well, he tells the the three minions to go fight the three of them. And at first the, the freedom fighters are having some trouble even just punching these guys. Cause they seem to have some kind of powers here. Now, I don't know if it's because of their suits or they're some kind of like mutants or something, but they do have powers like cats where they can jump around and they're very agile and, you know, cause they have trouble getting a hold of them and they can see in the dark because Phantom Lady tries to use her, you know, blackout beam on the, one of them on page 13 there as well. And it doesn't work, but luckily she can phase all la the vision and the guy falls right through her. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting fight. It goes on probably a bit too long because it's, it's a quite... long
1: fight. Yeah, but I do like some of the. It's kind of funny, and I think they're going for lightheartedness.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, like uh, the one lands on the uh, the human bomb's head. <laughs> yeah. Um, Uncle Sam gets a good under, undercut. My favorite part is when he punches the human bomb. Punches the guy. It doesn't. He does. The guy doesn't explode. But uh, he he he's blown away, and then the. The lat, that last man on 15 where the human bomb goes, what do you know? Even out cold, he lands on his feet first.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there's the guy in the background knocked out, but standing there, and you see the little swirl marks around his head like he's knocked out. But yeah, he landed on his feet, so <laughs> that's <was> pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they uh... another page of the fight, too, here, there, where they, you know, finish off the one goon, and then they go after Catman, and Phantom Lady pretty much takes care of him. She does, like, a judo throw on him, he lands on his head, and... <laughs> yeah but human like, bomb he can't be a cat man he didn't land on his feet and i like and i mean i kind
1: of really like it that the two pages end on that same joke mm-hmm. yeah i kind of like that I just, this was a lot of fun
0: yeah and then just a, a one more page of an epilogue here and it shows uh uh in minneapolis a, a cop seeing uncle sam they didn't they didn't change back out of their uh superhero uh, costumes in time. And the cop showed up and he's like, Hey, aren't you one for some crimes in New York? And uncle Sam says, tarnation, young fella. Could a man who proudly displays the stars and stripes be a criminal. And I'm thinking, Oh boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that didn't age well, but, <laughs> uh, um, the cop says, I guess not though. Wait a minute. Didn't Richard knit. And he goes, nah, what am I saying? <laughs> so that was a good reference to there, but yep, yeah, back to, uh, New York City, and we see the uh public defender here. He's uh, questioning Daryl, you know, doll man, about what happened. And he says, You know, basically, I walked into Pearson's office, he was laying there dead, slumped over his desk. There was a smoking gun there. I picked it up, and the uh, assistant DA and the cops came busting in, and there I was, you know, holding a smoking gun. And you know, the uh, public defender's just like, You know, um. Yeah, I might believe you, but a jury never will. Basically, so you're screwed, <laughs> and that's how this issue
1: ends. I really liked it. It was uh, very lighthearted. Uh, I liked the pay. You know, the, like you said, the fight may have gone on a little bit, but it was it was kind of, you know, I think what comics are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just light entertainment sometimes. I mean, yeah. wh- I mean, I guess it's refreshing to read an old comic sometimes because modern comics can be a little. Grim and gritty.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I hear you. Totally agree.
1: <laughs> so, um, you know, and I'm reading Legion right now, you know, for my other show. And I'm, I'm still in the 60s and they're very frivolous, but they're fun. And this one was a little I really enjoyed it. It was a. it was a good, it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, totally, totally agree with you there. So, all right. Well, let's move on to issue 11. Um, so I will uh, preface this by saying uh, issue 11. um you know, definitely by today's standards, uh, from an artistic and even a little bit of the dialogue, you know, could be uh, slightly problematic. So we're yeah. not going <laughs> to <laughs> we're not going to really dwell on that, but uh, we're just going to kind of you know give our thoughts on uh, uh, you know the 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 overall uh, quality of the book. So this is uh, Freedom Fighters Eleven, uh, cover dated November December 1977, and once again, Rich Buckler, Jack Abel, uh, on the cover art, and Tatiana Wood colors. Uh, so, all right, let's just uh, take a, a quick look at this cover here. So the cover has uh, four Native American guys, and they seem to have like uh, almost like Earth-based powers, like wind and water and uh, lightning, and they're kind of zapping Uncle Sam, Phantom Lady, and Human Bomb, and then there's two little uh, uh, bursts at the bottom. The one on the left has Dollman in it, and it says innocent or guilty of murder, and the one on the right says special, the origin of the ray. So continuing with the uh, origins, right? Yeah. I, I, it's, I mean, I, I like that. I like the cover. And it's not,
1: you know, the the Indian character, uh, the American Indian characters or are,
0: are Native American characters, it, it, it would not pass today. Yeah, no, it says they're deadly and demonic, the renegades. So, <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll get into them a little bit on the inside here. But, yeah, it's uh, there was a lot of that still in the 70s. I feel like uh, Ghost Rider. Especially the early issues, there was a lot of Native American stuff that doesn't really, uh, you know, uh, pass the test these days either. But uh, we'll 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 get into it here. So uh, let's look at the uh, interior stuff here. So we have uh, again Bob Razakis on script, and pencils by Dick Ayers, inks Jack Abel, and then colors by uh, Elizabeth Safian and letters by Milt Snapin. So I will just uh, uh, roll with a, a little synopsis here from DC Fandom as well. And then we will jump right into it. So this one is called Divided We Die. And it says, While the one, while the wounded Ray finds himself rescued by a mysterious man in the woods, Uncle Sam, Phantom Lady, and the human bomb face the renegades. Four disgruntled, unemployed Native Americans who have gained superpowers from the spirits of their ancestors. Meanwhile, Dollman is found guilty of a murder he did not commit. So, okay, why don't we jump right in here? So, First page here. Divided we die, and we see the Ray in the company of, uh, you know, some mysterious person that's in shadow, right? Yeah. hmm I like it's
1: one. I want to say I like the new banner above with the the, the names of all the of the heroes, and then they're standing together in a heroic, patriotic pose. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. And the Ray and Black Condor have their everybody's got their arms around each other, except for Uncle Sam and Dollman are standing there. Very sternly, with their arms
0: crossed. And dollman's little, and between Uncle Sam's legs, like, like on the ground, yeah. like a puppy. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. The the Ray here, he's laying uh, on a bed, and he's kind of like you know struggling with some pain and maybe a, a nightmare here. And he says, "Prof." He's uh, inner monologue says, "Professor Stein, a cosmic storm is approaching, and it looks like a scene out of The Wizard of Oz." Here, he's uh, I guess in a balloon. <laughs> And we, yeah, yeah. we see there was like a, an experiment here with this Professor Stein guy and a couple of other scientists. I'm assuming some kind of weather experiment and uh, uh, the ray, he goes outside and the guy says, be careful, Terrell, one misstep and you'll be swept into space. And he's on the outside of this, you know, a balloon's carrying this like uh, kind of like a sphere with like an outer edge on it. Almost looks like, you know, the planet Saturn with the rings around it and he's walking along and he says if this scoop doesn't get me star reporter status I'm going to hang up my notepad and then all of a sudden turbulence swinging the balloon and he gets zapped by a, a cosmic storm so I'm like uh is this the fantastic 4 origin here or what right
1: yeah well it's what you know what I like is he gets zapped and it also gives him a costume
0: yeah it gives him a costume and he he calls himself the ray master of light so that endowed him with his nickname too
1: well, that I'm on, you know, it's let's tell probably what was probably a 12 page story in one page, one page, yeah, <laughs> two pages, page. yeah, smash it from Smash mm-hmm. Comics 14, 1940. Mm-hmm. And I it. like how that uh, the note has uh, Roots, Rosakis, and Genesis Jack, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, great stuff. But how about the next page, too? He's laying there and he's still half asleep. And he's saying to himself, master of light, the ray, m- r- rumble. And he's sweating like profusely. How about that? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. He wakes up and he's like, "America commandos getting away. Got to. Huh? Where am I? And again, we still at first didn't see this person's face. And he says, it's all right. You've been hurt. Please don't move around and you'll tear open the, ru- the wound. Because I guess this guy maybe, uh, you know, sewed his uh, bullet wound shut. And he says, the wound. Oh, yeah, the police shot at me. He goes, but what about the American Commando? Where is he? And this guy says, gone. He left you to die in the woods. But why should that matter to you? I know it's me, you and your compatriots have been searching for. And now that I've been found, I surrender. You can take me back. And the Ray says, take you back? Searching for you? Mister, I don't even know who in the blazes you are. And they just completely walk away from this plot point right now um, for a little while here. I think until next issue or late, late, very late in this issue, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It does turn out to be somebody pretty important, though. So we'll we'll get back to that in a minute. But you know what uh, i i I
1: know what's coming because i you know I know my DC history, <clears> but <throat> mm-hmm. I d- had no idea. I always assumed this character was something different. So, we'll, well, we'll get to that in the next issue.
0: Yeah, he didn't even like look familiar to me, so I had no clue. And I'm not anywhere as steeped in DC, but I thought the like. The face and everything—he doesn't look familiar to me. So I was just like, "Okay, I'll just—I'll figure it out as I read on here." And then we switch to uh, courtroom drama in New York here, and you know, basically, it's you know, scenes of uh, people saying what they saw. You know, hey, we walked into a room and there was Doll Man standing there with a smoking gun pointed at the guy, and the guy's dead. So of course, you know, it's pretty tough to defend that. So it's not looking good for our buddy uh, Doll Man here. But uh, all of a sudden. I don't understand how this happened, though. So we just had Phantom Lady and Human Bomb and Uncle Sam We're just up in Minneapolis. Now, somehow, they're all the way back down in Texas. And Not Phantom sure.
1: Lady's a Milner. <laughs> she could make a hat.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Uncle Sam's other hat was, like, basically, like, cut in half and had all these jagged edges. So it isn't like she could have fixed that hat. So she had to have made a new hat out of, like, thin air. Oh, yeah. And you don't sew a hat. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. I mean, I guess this was this was not long after the bicentennial. So maybe they, you know, had some laying around somewhere and she kind of uh, fixed it up a little bit for her. But it's it's Uh, it's a weird scene. Yeah. (laughs) But I love how uh, this is where Sam and the human Bob start butting heads, because Uncle Sam's kind of like, well, you know the good old justice system will, will be okay. You know, our buddy Dollman man, he'll, he'll get out of that pickle. Oh yeah. Like
1: the American justice systems never put the wrong person
0: in jail. No, no. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's never been anyone put to the chair that didn't deserve it. Probably. Oh. Never, right. <laughs> so yeah, they're going back and forth and it gets heated that they're like, you know, y- you can see it building between the two of them and they decide to go out and look for jobs because I guess this is where they're down in Texas is where their secret headquarters is, their new secret headquarters, because they did have that one up in New York. But they had to get out of Dodge because the cops are all over New York looking for them. And they're wanted. So I guess they moved to Texas um, and they're out looking for jobs because they need to pay the rent at their new place here. And this is where we meet these uh, four Native Americans who are dressed in, you know, like stuff from probably... 100 or 2 years ago uh face paint and you know feathers and all that kind of stuff and yeah. um you know like we said it's uh they're out like asking that, for money
1: <laughs> yeah they're handling and they're going this is this one's the one that got me the worst is one of them's going like um they're asking for money and he's going and by far the most oppressed and underprivileged people of this Great Nation are those who were here first the American Indians which we you know and then he goes we're supporting we're asking for your support helps to set up give your red brothers a chance to get a good education. Ooh, that did not hold up. Well,
0: um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, not great for sure. It's like, who boy. And then the other guy says there has been talk of equality in this nation between the blacks and the whites. But I ask you, what about the red men? And another one says to uh, phantom lady, Sam and the bomb. How about you friends show your American spirit and make a donation. And, Uncle Sam, they are broke. That's why they're looking for jobs. He says, there's no one who loves this country more than me, son. But even a red-blooded yank can be short of cash. Sorry. And the guy thinks to himself, cheapskate. And then, as if some of this isn't like a little cringy enough, again, especially by today's standards, we find out here through the dialogue that these guys, they're just basically doing this to get money, to like rip people off. The one guy says, there's got to be a better way to keep a, Keep us in bread, crazy horse. Which, oh boy! Uh, and then he says, "This organized begging for a phony school fund is a drag." So not only are you painting them in a pretty bad light, <laughs> you know, with the stereotypes, now it's they're basically just crooks.
1: Oh yeah, and then they, uh, the the old basic comic thing is like, okay, we're going to do this obscure ritual, and we're all going to get superpowers.
0: Yeah, they all do like a what they call a, you know, some kind of Native American ritual and the spirits of their ancestors uh, endow them with powers. And they each get uh, the one guy gets a, a speed like, you know, I don't think he's the flash, but he's pretty fast. And I found this interesting. The second guy, he can become like a giant. And right away, my brain went to the. Uh, you know, super friends television show. Cause they had that American Indian guy that could grow to be a giant Apache chief. Was that yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking this, did this come first? Like, did they rip that off from this comic? They
1: may have, they may have just, uh, you know, obscure. And this is an era where you didn't have giant characters as much, you know, it had kind of gone out of fashion.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, and then another one, he can control the rain, the mastery over water. And then another one says it has the powers of the storm. And he has like shooting like a lightning, lightning from, from his, his eyes. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which looks kind of crazy. Oh, and then there's a really cool uh, Wonder Woman uh, uh, hostess Twinkies ad there, too, by the way, which is <laughs> hostess ads are always awesome. And you flip the page. And how about this uh, dollar comic ad for Superman, by the way, too, presenting the first Superman dollar comic. And wow, that looks a like great that's a great ad.
1: Oh, it is. I love those big comics. I miss them. Now they'd be
0: like 25 bucks. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I wouldn't even want to think about it. So, all right. So yeah, back to our native American friends. So uh, now that they have these powers, they're not going to fight for good and for justice. They're going to be criminals and they're going to rob a bank. So like we said, this one's kind of a, you know, not, not the greatest uh, painting, the greatest uh, picture for uh, native American people, but be that as it may, we'll, we'll forge on here. So they start robbing this bank and, Sam and bomb and phantom lady come in to uh, fight them. And I feel like just like the last issue with the fight with Catman and the goons, this one goes on for like a long time. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, they do, you know, you do have the, uh, the, the stuff with uh doll man here back in New York to uh, look forward to as well. But yeah, eventually Sam and phantom lady and the human bomb, you know, get the best of these, uh, these, these four guys. And it's not, you know, obviously, it's not surprising. These four guys just got these powers two minutes ago, and uh, you know, the the freedom fighters have been fighting in another world against Nazis and everybody else under the sun for a long time. So they're way more experienced. So they 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 uh, defeat them fairly quick. And then the cops show up and try to arrest them. And the bank manager's like, "No, they tried to stop the robbery." And uh, the cop then is like, "Wait a minute, I think I recognize you. Aren't you wanted in New York?" And they're like, "Um, maybe." And the cop's like, well, you helped this, you know, with this bank robbery. So I'll basically turn the other way and let you walk away and put on an APB on you in like two weeks. <laughs> 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 so then we uh, go back to uh, New York City and we see our buddy, uh, Daryl here, doll man on the stand. And he's being cross examined by the prosecuting attorney, this woman. And she's really laying into him pretty good. But like we said, you really don't have to. Um, you know, you really don't have to, it, it's just, it, it really looks, they, they set it up so it looks really, really bad for Daryl. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, he's in big trouble. And I did uh, forget, to uh, the cops show up at this bank robbery, but the uh, those four uh, Native American guys, they actually got away at first.
1: But and they go rob uh, another bank.
0: Yeah, they go try to rob another bank, and then uh, that's when the, the Freedom Fighters show up, and then they do stop them you know, pretty quick. And then the cops show up and they, you know, they have them in chains, by the way, too. Not handcuffed. They're in chains. And some, and one of the cops is wrapping the electric
1: eyeball guy's face with a bandage. That'll stop him <laughs> shooting the electricity out of his eyes.
0: Yeah, because a piece of cloth, that will definitely stop lightning. <laughs> all those people that you see get electrocuted by lightning when they're outside, they're all naked, I guess, apparently. <laughs> 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 so, so, yeah, this is where the cop is just like kind of says, you know, to the Freedom Fighters and his uh, uh, one uh, fellow officer there that he's going to, you know, turn away and let them get away, basically, because they helped nab these uh, bank robbers. Um, so, yeah, and then back to New York, and it's uh, not looking good for Daryl, and the jury seems to deliberate for about 30 seconds and come back out, and they say guilty. So he's uh, he's in big trouble here, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the fastest trial ever. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, all in one, a murder trial... That happened all in one day, and they also came to uh, you know the conclusion of uh, what his sentence is going to be. Again, all in one day. Okay, sure. (laughs) All right, (laughs) right. So overall, what do you think of that one? Like we said, it's a little tough here and there with some. Yeah, it doesn't. It does. There's a little bit that doesn't hold up,
1: but you know, they're going for. They're going. I think what Bob Rosakis is going for more is. Let's just make it a little lighter. I'm going to have my big plot twist, but it's going to be some several pages of fighting and action and, you know, not because he is still moving the plot along and he's got multiple plots going and he's handling them pretty well. Mm -hmm. You know, but he's remembering that this is a comic about heroes and villains and, you know, there's going to be fights and action. So I need to keep it in there.
0: Yeah, I feel like he really is focusing on what's happening with the Ray and and more even more so what's happening with Daryl, you know, Dollman man back in New York in that trial. And he's just throwing these little fight scenes out there with Catman and then now these Native American guys just for, uh, you know, something for Phantom Lady, Human Bomb and Uncle Sam to do, you know, just so you don't forget they're around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of but yeah overall a little couple of things are a little problematic but overall just like i said just a fun action issue right oh yeah all right well let's move on to freedom fighters number 12 and this is a cover dated january february 1978 and again rich buckler jack abel on the art and colors by tatiana wood so what do you think about with this cover this one's pretty wild
1: I like this one. I mean, it's good, action-packed. It's got a guy about to pull the electric chair, turn the electric chair on on the Doll Man, and they're going to execute him in his costume. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but then you see the Freedom Fighters plus a new person busting out through um, Firebrand, and not the uh, you know not the Firebrand that we're used to hearing on your on this show, but her, but the original
0: hmm. Yeah. And it was funny, too, because, again, when I first looked at this cover, I'm thinking, oh, who's this new guy? It, it still didn't hit me as to who this was until he actually explains it in the comic here.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's because you're so used to. I mean, the one we know and I don't what I always hated after Crisis and once All-Star Squadron was done is we never really saw Dan, the, you know, Roy's
0: new firebrand.
1: Mm hmm. Because I yeah. thought, I mean, she was a great character.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I liked her quite a bit. Yeah. I think she was one of his favorites as well. Well, so. I named her after his wife. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, let's uh, uh, jump in here. This is bust out in the big house. And once again, script, Bob Rozakis, pencils, Dick Ayers. And I found this interesting. So the inks on the inside of this comic are credited to Christian Volt. But that is actually Alfredo Alcala. So that's sure okay.
1: That's you know what I didn't yeah, because I thought that I was thinking is that Ernie Chewy or Alcala or any number of guys that had this this style of inks.
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure why they you know he used a pseudonym here. I don't know what the deal was there, but yeah, that's that's who inked this one, and then colors Bob LaRose and letters uh, are Ben Oda. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll just jump right in here. So Firebrand reveals his life story to the Ray before joining the Freedom Fighters in breaking Dollman out of jail. Martha Roberts reveals she has proof that the murder Dollman was convicted of, that of D.A. Pearson, was committed by Michael Tulane. However, the Freedom Fighters are still wanted fugitives and in a final twist are attacked by their missing teammate, the Black Condor. So, okay, why don't we jump right in on this one here? So what do you think here? Another good splash page with that same, uh, uh, you know, setup up with the roll call in the boxes up top. And then a really cool picture of uh, our buddies, the Freedom Fighters there. And then it jumps right into kind of the three, uh, three separate areas we've been talking about to the far left. We have the Ray there, right? Yeah. I like, I, I, I'm,
1: I like the way they've been doing the splashes as a, as a quick, easy recap. Mm-hmm. And um, I do like Cala's uh, inks a great deal on this art. I think I'm a big fan of his anyway, mm-hmm. but it, it just makes airs art look a little better because
0: is mostly a war comic artist, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. A lot of war comics for Marvel. And I'm trying to think there's something else he did a good bit of for them in the silver age, too. And I can't think of what it is. But, yeah, that's that's where I basically know him from is, you know, the uh, Sergeant Fury and his howling commandos. He did a bunch of issues of that one for Marvel. I remember. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I'm not that I mean, I know him from reading some Sergeant Fury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that so. splash
0: page is great. There's it's like three sections. The far left section has, you know, the ray and this uh, gentleman here. Uh, they're listening to a radio and it says about we'll have a live report from state prison beginning at 1045 tonight. And then uh, we have uh, Daryl in prison reading a newspaper about how he's going to die this evening. I don't know why you'd want to read that, but. Okay. (laughs) And then far right is uh, down in Texas, Phantom Lady, Human Bomb, and Uncle Sam watching the television, and they're hearing about him being uh, executed tonight, too. And Sam says, golf, darn it. (laughs) And I do love Mm -hmm. uh, Bust Out in the Big House there in big letters at the bottom for the name of the story. I really like that logo there. Yeah. And then here's where Uncle Sam and Human Bomb uh, basically come to blows because Uncle Sam, again, thinks, you know, oh, you know, it'll be okay. And the human bomb's like, dude, it's not going to be okay. Like, we got to get up there and bust him out of jail, even if that's illegal, because he's going to get killed, and we can't let that happen to our friend. And at some point here, Uncle Sam says, have you ever considered that Daryl might really be guilty? And human bomb flips his lid here and flips the chair that Uncle Sam is sitting in completely over with him in it. (laughs) Yeah. That's wild, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it is. I know, man. He's...
1: I will say something during this whole run that their powers are very (laughs) ill-defined. Yes. yeah. Same with like the Silver Ghost is why turning people into silver give you the ability to
0: fly. Mm -hmm. And then he's kind of just disappeared too here as well, if you notice. Like from when these three issues that were going over started, he seemed like he was still going to be a big uh, plot point in this. And after that whole uh, incident with the Ray, he took off and there hasn't been even been a mention of him, I don't think. And he definitely hasn't been seen, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it just, since the battle in the air over the forest, that's the last we've seen of him.
0: Yeah, so Sandy, uh, she has to be the voice of reason so these two don't get into uh, a dust-up here. And Sam's, like, still kind of acting as if he doesn't think it's the right thing to do to go help Daryl. And Phantom Lady and Human Bomb are like, hey, screw you, dude, we're going to save him. And then Uncle Sam finally says, you know what, you're right, let's go. And then here we go. Here's the uh, the the big reveal for uh, the guy that saved uh, the Ray. Here, the Ray says, "I've never heard such garbage in my life." And this is on page four. And he says, "What do they think? They think what do they think this is? A circus sideshow?" Because t- on the radio, the radio person is saying, "Reports that the condemned man's last meal will consist of sirloin steak, baked potato, and string beans." <laughs> <laughs> so that really pisses him off, and he goes. Well, I'll give them something to watch. And this guy says, Happy, wait a minute. I want to help. And he says, you? What the devil can you do? And he goes, sure, you helped me while my shoulder was healing. But unless you plan on keeping people busy guessing who you are. (laughs) And the guy says, low blow, Happy. But you've made your point. I've kept my name a secret for for these three months. So three months have gone by. Uh, I was thinking... Maybe maybe we shouldn't jump to conclusions here about Daryl and his uh, his trial, because oh, yeah, three months went by. Wowzers. Yeah, I missed that. So he says three months have gone by. He goes because I was sure you and your fellow freedom fighters were after me. And he says, my name is Rod Riley. And like you, I came from Earth X, where I was a crime fighter called the Firebrand. And it says Firebrand first appeared in Police Comics number one, August 1941. So. You know, there's if, if you didn't know, like me, from the cover, who this guy was, you do now. And he says about how he was a wealthy playboy and he was dull with life of the idle rich. And he created an alter ego whose life was full of thrills and adventure. A secret known only to my Man Friday slugger. <laughs> Man <Yep>. Friday? Okay. <laughs> That's an interesting way of putting it. Oh, yeah. Did that...
1: Well, that because it comes from Robinson Crusoe, that term, my
0: gal Friday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it true. was
1: you would you would call your your valet, your number one person, your man Friday. Interesting. Interesting. Except, so, and then we know it no more as my my gal Friday from the movie.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Now it makes a little more sense. Something a man Friday. What is that guy trying to say here? What's Rosakis yeah. doing here? <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, it shows him. You know. Uh, he goes, I ripped apart this crime syndicates and this and that. And he says, unfortunately, the police thought I was the leader of the syndicate. So there's like a case of mistaken identity here. So he said, uh, I worked out, it worked out okay. When the Nazis won the war, I was able to deal with and double cross them. I would sell them secret blueprints of resistant groups headquarters. Then as Rod Riley set up the Nazis to be wiped out by other groups, and it's a pretty wild panel there at the bottom of page five where, you know, like I said, he gives a some uh, uh, resistance group headquarters schematics to these higher Nazi officials, and they send a group of Nazis there to kill them, and they basically open the door, and they get blown to pieces. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Well, which is neat. I didn't, you know, I was, you know, I knew that Firebrand joined the Freedom Fighters. I haven't read the last, you know, I had never read these last five issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was good to see why, how he got here. I had thought maybe he was
0: a new Firebrand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, he says, eventually I got too hot for both Firebrand and Riley, but I had an escape route, which is how I ended up here. And he says, uh, Ray says, so that's it. And he says, no wonder you were afraid of us. The Freedom Fighters were unaware of your dual identity. We thought Firebrand was a traitor and wanted to get you. And Rod says, and I was sure you'd followed me here to bring me back. And Ray says, that's a laugh. When you dropped out of sight years ago, we figured somebody else got you got to you first. Besides, it doesn't matter anymore. We finally got rid of the Ratsies, and it says uh, Justice League 108. And I think, isn't 107 or 108 the first appearance of the Freedom Fighter? Yes
1: it, yes, it was.
0: Yeah, We yes, might have to was. talk about that. We might have to talk about that. <laughs> to, as, oh, as I'd be glad a, to. I'd be glad to. That's final. some of the early my
1: early comics. Um, uh, I think the first Justice League I ever read was 100. Which is the Seven Soldiers of Victory three part? Oh yeah, and this would be one I remember my brother giving me this and going here's some more because he my brother's got this weird encyclopedic knowledge of comics, even before you know fandom and comic shops and stuff like that. So I remember him giving me this one and I remember reading the heck out of it years over and over again.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll talk about those two as a final wrap up after we finish the series here. But yeah, yeah, we get uh, uh, Daryl here. He's in prison and he's about to die in like, I don't know, two hours. And he's very nonchalantly reading the newspaper like, oh, well. And Martha says, it's not too late, Daryl. You can shrink and sneak out of here. And he goes, no way. The scientists at Star Labs came up with this gizmo, which nullifies my powers. And it shows he has some kind of a gauntlet looking thing on his wrist here Mm -hmm. that that is stopping him from doing that. And he goes, face it, Martha, there's nothing we can do. And she says, don't say that let's go over the murder one more time. And again, he recounts the exact same thing we've heard multiple times here. And then he says, whoever set me up, built an airtight case. And she goes, maybe not. I think it's just sprung a leak. And I'm not sure from how him recounting it again, she got some kind of clue here, but she takes off and she goes to, um, I guess it's like, a, a records hall of records or something like that at like city hall, mm-hmm. maybe or something like that. And she, Looks up uh, through some files, and she's looking and looking, and at 9.30, she finally figures something out, right? Four hours. If I'm reading
1: the clock right, it's been four, no, one, two, three, like six or seven hours. She's figured it all out, and she's on her way back.
0: Yeah, and she's on her way back, you know, as some old guy tries to be like, hey, you can't take that, that city property. And she's like, I'm only borrowing it. And I haven't got time for debate over terminology, and she could probably whip this old guy anyway. So she jumps in her car with the files and takes off, but she's driving down the road, and we see this, like, almost looks like a ghostly figure flying through the air, like, right at her car, and she swerves and smashes a really bad accident right into a a tree here, and at this point, it's 10.35. That meant 10 minutes before he's going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And then we switch to the uh, prison cell, and it's, you know, exactly the same time, 1035, and he's being uh, given his last rites, I guess, by a priest here. And they walk him out, and, you know, there's news people everywhere, which is hilarious because they're not going to let, like, 50 news people into a prison. But anyway, uh, they walk him through there, and uh, they say he's going to die, and then there's the people, the news reporters, right in the room with the electric chair. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, no, I don't think, I don't really think that's how that worked. No. And the assistant DA, who has quite a head of hair, by the way, uh, not sure about. He looks like Gabe Kaplan <laughs> <Yeah>. from Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Mr. Connor. Connor. Mr. Connor, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got this huge head of blonde hair. It kind of looks a little ridiculous on him in some points. But at anyway, he's kind of being a bit smug about what's going on here. And he's the one that's going to uh, pull the lever to uh, zap Daryl here and you know everybody's like standing there like biting their fingernails as he has his uh, his hand on the uh, switch and then here's where Firebrand and the Freedom Fighters here come busting through hang on Daryl the cavalry's arrived and this guy says you're too late Uncle Sam Dahlman is dead now and he has this real maniacal look on his face here on page 12 and uh, the Ray says that's what you think, Tulane. I can drink up that electricity like it was water. And so Daryl grabs the cords there and soaks up the electricity so it doesn't uh, kill uh, Doll Man. And <laughs> you have the reporter here, Mr. Bomb. Would you like to say s- something to our viewing audience? And he just puts his hands up and goes, "No," and shoves the microphone in the guy's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to tell you something we did
1: I was a system at it back it's like we never see Firebrand and Ray hook back up with the other people. No. They just are both headed there at the exact same time and
0: Yep, I guess they just, you know, use their cell phones to text each other to be like, "Hey, <laughs> meet up outside <laughs> outside the prison at 10:45." Um, but yeah, it's a uh, you know, this uh, Tulane guy, the assistant DA, he's really pissed and then he grabs a gun off of one of the cops. Like he's just going to shoot doll man. But then uh, firebrand here says you're, you're going to dreamland and clobbers him and knocks him completely out. And uncle Sam says, glad to have you on our team, sonny. And he goes, the name's firebrand. Unc. <laughs> so he goes, they're acting like everything's going to be all fine. And the Ray then uses his powers to kind of like, you know, get really bright. So everybody kind of gets, you know, uh, their eyes get a little blasted. So they can't see. And then they start kind of uh, flying away here, kind of getting out of there. And then Martha comes in and she says, let me through, please let me through. And she says she thinks she's too late because it's after 11. She thinks he's dead. And uh, another reporter is like, no, no, the Freedom Fighters rescued him. And that's when uh, Martha then has her evidence here. And she says, this reporter has learned that one member of the late David Pearson staff had previously been employed by a man named Raphael Van Zant, who is the Silver Ghost. So making these connections, she's saying that, uh, you know, that's why uh, Daryl was set up in the first place. And there really isn't a lot of hard evidence, just stuff that she's saying. I don't know if she can prove a lot of the stuff she's saying. If she can, mm-hmm. OK, they've got him. But if she can't, I feel like this would be I don't know that going to trial, he'd get convicted. But instead, he just cops to it and he goes, yeah, I killed him. <laughs> I know its it's like a
1: bad law and order ending.
0: And look at his hair at the bottom of page 16 there. Holy crap. It looks like a beehive.
1: It's getting bigger. <laughs>
0: yeah, because in the previous panel above, it doesn't look that big. But then when it, you look at it down here, it's like, holy crap, Alcala. And, you know, I'm trying to think who's a penciler. Ayers, they went crazy. Look at this guy's hair. Yeah. But then, you know, one last page here. They're uh, uh, driving a WGNY TV news van. I guess they just stole it. Well, that's hers. Oh, Martha's. And I think it's Martha's. Okay, well, yeah, because oh yeah, there she is in the back seat. Yep, she's with them, and they're they're flying down the road, and they're like, "Hey, we gotta hide out somewhere," and you know, they're the cops are gonna be after us. Even they're gonna be more angry now because we already had you know an APB out on us. Now we busted Doughty, you know, Dollman out, and you know, blah 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 blah. So uh, Martha's then saying, "Yeah, my car ran off the road when I saw," and Dollman says, "Saw what, honey?" And she goes, "That." And they're all, like, you know, mouths agape, like, what? And Sam says, Tarnation. And it's Black Condor flying through the air like he's about to attack them, right? So, like, yeah, I think so. That's
1: who wrecked her car the first time, right? Yeah.
0: Because that- I think, wasn't it in, like, some of the issues leading up to where we uh, stopped last time, where when he used his, like, psychic powers, it was making him go crazy? And he was, like, I don't want to say turning evil, but just kind of going really, like, crazy, right? Oh, yeah, it's but he's been remember, he's been having problems like
1: his. New powers have been driving him a little crazy.
0: Yeah, I think that's what happened when they all kind of got these like, except Uncle Sam, everybody seemed to get like these secondary powers when they came to this earth. And one of his was Black Condors was that, yeah, he has some kind of like, you know, telepathic powers, because that's how he said he was going to try to go find the ray. And they said, hey, be careful. It doesn't make you go nuts before he, you know, flew off. And I thought, OK, that was some big time foreshadowing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. I it, I really like
1: this issue. I've really liked all this series uh, for the most part because we're getting a, there's a lot going on. There's more going on on it than I, you know, than I thought there would be for a comic from this era. And, yeah. It, you know, and no one that I don't know if it was not well received. I mean, it ran for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. but i've enjoyed it and i really like this last i like this these last three issues because they kind of tied a lot of stuff up in a nice bow and we're going to get into the last ones which i've never read so i'm kind of now more excited to kind of read those last three
0: yeah i'm really looking forward to it as well and we're we're definitely going to try to get our buddy mart on here too with us he was he just you know scheduling couldn't join us for this one but hopefully uh He can uh, get his schedule cleared up enough that he can join us for this last one. And then, hey, maybe even that wrap-up episode with uh, the JLA, too. Maybe we could uh, get him on for that one, too.
1: Oh, cool, cool. That'd be a blast.
0: Yep. So, all right. Well, that is going to wrap us up here uh, for this uh, episode. Uh, Good to be back in the saddle here. So, uh, Ross, you know, at JSA4E, right, on Twitter? Yes, sir. And then you also have a podcast, Stop Let's Team Up. You are covering the Legion. Uh, Going through a reread with that, and you're – what are you in? The issues – is it two? Two – the 340s.
1: I have – John Forte has passed away, the artist, and Kurt Swan is now. Oh, sorry. Uh, Kurt Swan and George Klein are now the artists, and I'm four issues, so two, three episodes away from – Jim Shooter, sorry, my alarm went off. Jim Shooter becoming the head writer at 14. hmm Yeah. So, and yeah, it's, you're- it's a sweet spot. It's, like, some, it's, my, it's I think, the best Silver Age Legion. And I'm also, you know, and then on weekends, I'm jumping around. Our The next episode I'm going to record this weekend is Stargirl Lost Children 3, and uh, I'm going to pick another comic to tag along with it, as I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I've got a new show coming from the Stop Let's Team Up feed uh coming up in february yeah opal you're gonna, city, gonna be talking yeah Starman, right yep it's gonna be called opal city confidential mm-hmm. uh and i will be covering all the Starmen, uh and i'm gonna kind of mix it up um the first episode will come out the first week of february
0: Awesome. So yeah, everybody look forward to that. And then I will actually uh, play the trailer for that as we uh, roll out here. So thank you, Ross, once again, for joining me. I appreciate it and look forward to uh, our next one.
1: Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. An heroic legacy beginning in 1941 that spans time, space, and the whole of the multiverse journey along with the Knights of the Stars, Ted, David, and Jack. They along with Will Payton, Michael Thomas, Prince Gavin, Tom Calore, and Courtney Whitmore. They take the mantle of Starman and continue his legacy. I invite you to listen as I journey through these adventures of all these heroes and the rest of the Starman family here on opal city confidential a star man podcast coming february 2023